Welcome to Talking Wyndham, your weekly insight into the people who make our city surprising, fascinating, vibrant and interesting. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page. Yeah, hi, I'm Kevin Hillier. Welcome to the Talking Wyndham podcast. And today we head into the world of high-performance athletics with uh, Michael Culliver and Josh Smeaton from Melbourne Athletics. Michael is one of the co-owners. Josh, a high-performance coach. I'd like to talk to him about, and of course, have all been bitten a little by the uh, the post-Olympic bug and the Paralympics and have thoroughly enjoyed watching that. So what does it take to become an athlete at that level? And uh, let's delve into that world uh, with Michael and Josh. Find out a little bit about them, a little bit about, uh, obviously, Melbourne Athletic and about uh, some of the programs they've got coming up, some very exciting ones too in the uh, in the western side of Melbourne. And of course, uh, what they got out of the Wyndham Council's Innovate to Accelerate Business Growth Program, which they did a couple of years uh, back as, uh, as part of building their business. But let's get to Michael and Josh and enjoy this on the Talking Wyndham podcast. Michael, Josh, thanks for joining us. Uh, appreciate your time. Michael, uh, I'll start with you. Tell us, uh, give us a little on, on your background first up before we get stuck into the nitty gritty of it. Yeah, easy, mate. So uh, my background is in exercise science. Um, I've been playing sport my whole life and decided to go into um, something as sporty as I could as a career. Um, so played footy and cricket, uh, went to uni, and then myself and a business partner decided uh, there wasn't too many jobs out there, so we decided to start Melbourne Athletics, um, where we predominantly work with athletes uh, with sports performance and rehabilitation. So, um, yeah, that's that's a quick little briefing for you. Yeah, nice, Josh. Yeah, so kind of little spits in words to Michael. Um, yeah, I, I played sport basically all my life, but I uh, wasn't quite good enough, so I thought I wanted a career in sport. So. So I had to go down sports science path at uni and um, was lucky enough to, you know, land some great internships with Football Federation Victoria, uh, Victoria Institute of Sport and the sailing team and the diving team and then um, landed at Williamstown Football Club. And then um, earlier this year, started a position with Melbourne Athletic, which is very lucky and able to, you know, pursue a career in strength conditioning coaching, which was something that I've always wanted to do. So, yeah. That's a bit about me. All right. Well, now we know uh, what you both do. Obviously, uh, what's happened in the last month, uh, given the uh, the Olympics uh, and the Paralympics uh, as well, um, uh, does that does that cause an explosion in the in the fitness industry that uh, sort of ripple effects onto you guys, Michael? Uh, not so much at this stage. I think more of the lockdown um, created a bit of a yeah a bit more exposure for us as people coming out of the lockdown. Um, and having, haven't done things for a long time, they want professional help and advice, I guess. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, they've been stuck in lockdown and haven't really done a heap. Um, I'm suspecting after the Olympics is finished, there'll be a bit of a trickle on effect, though. Um, but we haven't really seen too much at this stage. It's been pretty steady. Um, but we did see our biggest spikes post lockdown, which is interesting, yeah. Josh, you do a bit of personal training, I know, down at Williamstown with a, with a few people. Is uh, is, is that as is the inquiries to you been up to you know post lockdown as well? Um, not so much post lockdown at the moment. I think everyone's still trying to get back into the swing of things, but definitely we've ma- maintained the crew that we've had before lockdowns at um down at Williamstown with the boot camp. They love it down there. So 
Um, but I think once uh, the uncertainty is like going into lockdown and everyone gets back into the swing of some sort of normality, I'm sure numbers will pick up in terms of um, outdoor training and group training and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Michael, you mentioned that uh, there weren't jobs around, so you virtually created uh, your own uh, your own pathway by, by setting up Melbourne Athletic. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, part of that, you've done the Wyndham Council's Innovate to uh, Accelerate Business Program. It's obviously a very yep. competitive marketplace that you're that you're playing in these days. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I think everyone wants to work in an AFL club or in some professional organisation. Um, and they are the dream jobs, but the reality is there's only a small number of them that are going around. So, um, yeah, well, same as Josh, I did a few internships. I did one with Vic Metro. I was at Coburg VFL. So I've been around um, a few systems and that. But in reality, uh, they don't really pay the bills unless you're in that head role. So, yeah, we, we just decided to go, you know what, we'll, we'll try ourselves in the private sector. Um, and it's yeah, we jumped onto the Wyndham Accelerate Mentorship Program and it's been awesome for us. We work pretty closely uh, with a few of the mentors there and still keep in touch with a few of them now and have set up our business really, really well. So, um, yeah, awesome opportunity that we got involved in. Uh, did you take out of that ideas or did you take out of it structural things for your business? Where did that sort of start? Uh, yeah, I think more structure. So the idea in the service that... Uh, we deliver, we were pretty good in that aspect. Um, there was just a, a few kind of tweaks in terms of how we market it and, and stuff like that. But I guess the back end structure, setting up, yeah, business setting up and structure was, was the part that we took the most out of. Um, and it was a bit of a reality check. Like, yeah, this is, this is actually quite serious if we want to get more serious. So, uh, yeah, probably the structure side of things was, was what we took out of it the most. So Melbourne Athletic, do you work with the top end uh, athletes, or do you work with the average Joe? Or where, where does that uh, where does that sit for the for the organisation? Yeah, so uh, we predominantly work with athletes, and we're pretty lucky. We've got at the moment we've got a really good crop of young kids coming through. Um, we've got some state. We've got a national hammer throw girl, Alia. Uh, she's a national champ. We've got some state basketballers, we've got a lot of NAB League footy boys, uh, we've got a couple of state rugby players as well. So uh, we're pretty lucky with the crop that we have at the moment coming through and I guess our our goal is to kind of get them as far as we can uh, with their sporting dreams and stuff. Yep. But we also do take on uh, the average go if they need some rehabilitation or you know, just the, the local park athlete that plays Divi 2 and just needs to look after their body a little bit more. So we do cater for kind of all, all areas. Yeah. Josh, you're, uh, you're currently involved at the Willie uh, Football Club. And uh, I guess yep. pa- part of that is uh, the, this explosion that we've seen in the last three or four, five years of, uh, of women's sport and in particular women's footy. Yeah, um, definitely. It's, exp- it's exploded out of nowhere and it's becoming really popular. It's just excellent to see now that you go down the street and you're seeing girls kick footies with the boys and all that. And so it's really exciting, really, really good. And, um, yeah, so lucky enough to be high performance manager down at Williamstown Footy Club. And the girls' skills have just gone from leaps and bounds, which is awesome. And, yeah, so it's really exciting that we're now doing stuff at Melbourne Athletic with our female athletes, and especially in the footy space. It's something that we're really looking forward to 
um, progressing more in, especially with our new footy academy that's coming up, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Most definitely. But yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's definitely an exciting um, time to be a female footballer for sure. So many opportunities. Definitely. So you mentioned the uh, the skill level has increased. Uh, what, what's the academy's uh, sort of uh, uh, motto and uh, and program outline? Yeah. So at the moment, we're looking our in terms of our program, we're looking at developing the footballers in terms of their athletic um, base. So um, definitely working on their strength and their power, getting them to be the best um, and fit fit as they can be for um, footy. We don't look totally work on their football aspect as we're more of a strength conditioning organisation. But, yeah, definitely getting them prepared um, physically um, more so to um, take on the rigors of um, Australian rules football, definitely. The thing about that too, you mentioned, you know, seeing girls in the park kicking the footy around and in the street with boys and stuff, uh, that, that, that does certain things to your body, doesn't it? It prepares your body in a certain way when you're doing that from uh, from the get-go, which is a lot of a lot of the, that area is something girls hadn't done up until now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. So they've definitely, um, definitely got to get those legs strong and that posterior chain yeah. strong, which is really important for football as well. Um so, yeah, they're definitely working on their legs and their lower body, getting that strength up to definitely kick the ball further, and it definitely helps with their skills, definitely, yeah. Well, Michael, you would uh, notice, is there been yep. a, there's been a distinct change in the, in the female athlete in the last four or five years? Uh, for sure, yeah, definitely. They're, def- they're, they're very athletic. Um, yeah, I didn't play too – I actually played a bit of sport with some girls growing up cricket-wise, and they were pretty solid. But um, I think 10 years later, um, the average female athlete is, yeah, remarkably fitter, quicker. The mindset is different as well. Um, they know what they can be now, I think. There's a little bit more self-belief in where they can take themselves to. Um, so it's super exciting. I'm lucky enough to work with a couple of – uh, VFLW girls too. So, um, yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal, yeah. Is is the difference in the program style and set out there between a male footballer and a, and a female footballer that much difference these days? Is it, is it sort of coming closer and closer together with each each year? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, the research suggests that females are slightly more likely to have knee injuries and that kind of thing. Um, so in terms of how the program's structured, there's a little bit more focus on injury prevention, uh, jumping and landing, cutting, agility, that kind of thing, uh, in terms of mechanics for girls. Um, blokes tend to, I don't know, just be a little bit more stronger and they've had more years under their belt yeah. doing those manoeuvres. Um, yeah. Uh, so, but in, I mean, there might be an extra five or ten minutes that we spend on those injury prevention side of things compared to the male program, but um, it's, they are getting a lot more similar now, yeah. The really interesting thing is the way it's developed in terms we started with the head being the, the biggest problem in female sport because um, they were kind of going in at an angle where we thought they were going to, you know, do some serious damage. Then the knees became uh, one of the uh, head yeah. focuses because they seem to be doing knees every five seconds. Has, has that changed over the, you know, the three or four, the last three or four years? Yeah, it's definitely, I think with the research and as we understand more, it's definitely improved, especially in the uh, knee kind of space, definitely. All the prehab exercises that we implement, like single leg landing stuff, 
it definitely improves them in terms of when they go out to play, they know how to land, they know how to fall, so they're less likely to do their knee. Um, definitely strengthening all, all the areas around the knee as well helps. And it's no different really to what you do with the, the men's. I think it's just that they need to get that experience and um, that, you know, training, lift their training age, which means just getting more experience in the gym and getting those um, that body stronger which takes a bit more time. Like in terms of the concussion stuff, I think we're getting better, but it is something that needs to still be improved on a little bit. But I think there's a lot more research going into that, but that's more in, I think that's more of a both genders problem more than just the females. Yeah. I think we need to get better in as the industry. Yeah, no, it's a really good point. Josh, yeah. uh, you're talking of, uh, when, when I've spoken of uh, blokes who coach uh, girls in footy and, and women in footy, they talk about them being, you know, like sponges. They're unbelievable how, how much they take in uh, the information. Do they do the same in the fitness part of it as well as the football part of it? Yeah, they are really the best athletes to coach, if I'm honest. They just <laughs> ask questions. They challenge me all the time, keep me on my toes. So they're definitely the best athletes. And, you know, they take it on board, whereas sometimes you can find with the boys, not comparing them, but sometimes the boys will just do what you say without, you know, asking the question. They'll go, yeah, whatever. Whereas the girl will go, oh, why am I doing this? What's, going, what's this doing for me? And it's just really refreshing. Yeah. And it helps me, you know, become a better coach, of course, as well. I was going to say, because if, if they're starting to ask why, you, you'd be asking yourself why, and you, uh, the fact that you have to explain it, uh, it does help you a lot. Yeah, it definitely helps me a lot, yeah. And sometimes they spring a surprise one on me, and I'll have to go, look, I, I don't know, I can't give you the answer now, but I'll come back with it. And, like, you know, you just got to be honest, and pre- they appreciate that yeah. definitely as well. So, yeah, no, it's definitely a refreshing athlete to coach from the boys for sure. Michael, the, the, the sports and rehabilitation side of it, I mean, the rehab side of it's obviously really important yep. and, and injury prevention and injury rehab afterwards. Is that becoming more a focus with uh, with even, you know, uh, suburban park athletes? Yeah, definitely. And as I was saying earlier, I think this lockdown has kind of been a bit of a reality, reality check to the local athlete and how they prepare their body. Uh, I think everyone's pretty guilty of being a quite sedentary over the last 12 months and the stop-start nature of the footy season particularly um, over the last 12 to 18 months is, has caused a few issues for the local athlete that doesn't really get that continuity of when they're only exposed to training twice a week and you know they might squeeze in one gym session. So yeah, for sure, um, the local athlete is definitely starting to take a bit more pride in how they prepare themselves, definitely. In, and in terms of we've also probably become a little bit more, uh, uh, I guess, recognising the fact that we are park, park athletes and not we're not elite athletes and we need to kind of cut ourselves a break in that area as well. We're not going to get the kind of uh, Dustin Martin effect that, that just training twice a week. Yeah, that's it. And I think the main thing is just staying on the path for these guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, they only a lot of them are only doing one to two gym sessions a week, which is fine, but I think it's more about that they understand that they need to do the right things in those one to two days to keep themselves on the park and play with their mates a little bit longer. Yeah. Just that uh, that elite level seems to be cutting back in the in the money they're spending in some of the areas that, that you guys are specialising in. Will we see, will, will yeah. you see, uh, you know, some of those elite athletes coming to people like you and organisations like Melbourne Athletic because they're not going to be getting it at the club? Yeah, 100%, yeah. And I think that's where the private sector is starting to boom over the last uh, probably three to five years. 
um, in, in terms of sport performance. Um, athletes are, one, the budgets are getting cut for the strength and conditioning departments and therefore those athletes aren't getting the individualised programming um, that they probably need. So um, we're definitely seeing not just in our business but all over the private sector with sports performance that athletes are starting to outsource um, really to take their game to the next level because it's what they need due to probably not getting as much love as they need to um, at clubland or, or in their space. Yeah. And Josh, I imagine uh, working at that VFL level, you'll have seen that enormously because they're in that middle kind of a bit where they're, they're trying to get to the elite level and uh, without, uh, without the res- resources that, uh, that are at the elite level. Yeah, for sure. I think we've been a really bit a bit lucky in terms of VFL that um, we haven't really been hit much in that area in terms of under resourced. Um, but because um, definitely in the VFL, it's mainly a lot of internships, and then like there's a couple of people of staff and they're part time, so it's not really hit that much financially. But definitely, um, yeah, the uh, it has taken a toll COVID in terms of like you know. Uh, finding those interns or finding people to um, definitely get uh, resource the players with what they need to get ready to, you know, hopefully get up to that next level. Yeah. Um, but definitely, it definitely has um, impacted, but yeah, probably not so much on a VFL uh, basis. Yeah. What about the, when you talk about the, the under 17 and 18 and 19-year-old kids that are coming through the program? Now, with, with recruiting being yeah. cut back a bit in, in terms of that, they're not being seen by as many people uh, live in the flesh. Is that is that impacted at all, Michael? Yeah, great question. We've got a couple of kids that are probably uh, – we've got a guy that's top age this year um, and missed out last year. Um, he's at Changingham Dragon. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, his, his kind of thought process has changed. He just kind of wants to get the most out of this year. Um, but the younger kids that are, that are 17, 18, they're just about, we've kind of got a crop that is bottom age coming through that um, is probably just about to experience all that. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure. I've got a mate that's at Calder County who can probably give you a little bit more insight <laughs> to that. But um, we haven't really... Yeah, it's probably a stage over the next six to 12 months that most of our guys are, are going to start to experience. But, yeah, it's certainly an interesting interesting prospect for those top ages this year. Have you noticed in the last couple of years that 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds, they're different to, you know, the, the, the 16-year-old now is different to the 16-year-old three or four years ago or is it an individual case-by-case basis? Um, yeah, I, I think it's an individual case-by-case basis. Um they're certainly more. I would definitely say they're more athletic. Yeah. Uh, like, and I think that's the trend with how the game's going um, over the last five to ten years. Anyway, there's more running involved and that kind of thing. Like the athletes that we're getting are, you know, slightly taller, slightly more athletic, can run a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but in terms of their gym and yeah, where their physical prep is at, I'd say it's still kind of on the same level. If anything, they just come in a little bit earlier. So. Yeah, no matter when they come in, they're, they're very similar to what they were in terms of their physical makeup. Yeah. Um, they are slightly more athletic, I would say, in terms of their running ability and stuff. Um, but yeah, the, the parents are probably getting them in a little bit earlier now um, to start that gym work. Uh, same with the girls, Josh? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, 
I think the girls are progressing through three or four years. Um, they've definitely gotten better, as Michael said, more athletic as they've had more exposure to that high-performance kind of side of things and more skill acquisition coaches. So they've definitely progressed from three to four years' time. They're now um, definitely better. I think if you watch the NAB League girls now, which is the under-18s or under-19s competition, they are abs- it is absolutely 10 times better than what it was three or four years ago. Yeah. And I think that is because of those new resources that they've been exposed to, which is high-performance and skill coaches and better footy coaches. For sure, definitely. Now, if uh, people want to find out more about uh, what Melbourne Athletics all about, uh, Michael, what's the best way for them to, to, to do that? Yeah, uh, you can jump on our website, melbourneathletics.com, or you can find us on Instagram at Melbourne Athletics. So we've got a few platforms. I think we've also got a Twitter. We've got a social media guy that uh, manages that too. So you can find us on, on all kinds of social media platforms on our website. All right, well, thank you both for your time. appreciate it, and uh, good luck for the future. All right. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, mate. Well, thanks to Michael and Josh, and we wish them all the best for the future at Melbourne Athletic. Check out their website, and you can get more details of, uh, of what they're doing. Uh, my thanks also, of course, to the Committee for Wyndham who put this podcast together each and every fortnight. Uh, you can check out what they're doing, uh, the benefits of becoming a member, how to become a member, and the programs and uh, events that are on the way. It's as simple as jumping on the website, the Facebook page, or all the social media platforms. Hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Talking Wyndham podcast. Until next time, I'm Kevin Hillier. Take care of yourself. Thanks for listening. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page.